0: and welcome to Mature Allure, where we highlight uh, the perspectives and experiences of women in midlife. Today, we have Lorianne Green with us. And Lorianne, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Thank you for having me again. I am definitely a woman in midlife. I'm 63. uh, And I am uh, starting my fourth business. Uh, but this time uh very different than what i've done before i'm starting a coaching program uh which is a combination of a course and uh course uh coaching people uh, live uh on um, uh hair loss for women
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: the it's called hair loss heroines because i think uh if you're losing your hair and you're working on it and doing something about it, then you are a heroine, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's very difficult. And um, uh, it's an eight-week course, um, and uh, it's just getting started. I'm doing a beta test uh, coming up uh, in October, and then we will get started with the, um, after I get feedback, Uh, We'll get started with the uh, with the real course. So I help women struggling with hair loss, uh, many of whom are in midlife or older, Mm -hmm. and uh, I help them to um, uh, stop struggling, get out of the turmoil, uh, have a roadmap for all the practical aspects of dealing with hair loss, and then find a brighter future where they can thrive in a new normal. Well,
0: as someone who is a healthcare coach and specializing in hair loss, what are some of the reasons women start to lose hair?
1: Oh, there are many reasons. Um, It's one of the reasons that it's hard to diagnose. Um, uh, Probably the most common form of hair loss is called it used to be called female pattern baldness but now it's called female pattern hair loss because it doesn't actually make you bald uh only uh, (laughs) only men or women with certain conditions uh, actually get bald um so uh usually women get a diffuse kind of hair loss um, like i have i mean i have a very wide part uh i have very little hair here you know my you can see it my hairline is very is very uh thin um but um so that's probably the most common thing and that's caused by genetics uh if your parents or grandparents uh lost hair then it's probably in your genes and that might happen to you so um, there are, um uh, There's two different kinds of hair loss, if, if I can simplify things. There's <laughs> hair loss that um, does not damage the hair follicle, um, but uh, hair can grow back because the follicle is still present. It doesn't always, but it can grow back. And then there is hair loss like I have. I have a scarring alopecia which Mm. is an autoimmune disease. And there are about uh, 10 of these scarring alopecias and uh, the hair, the hair follicle is actually damaged and dies. So in those hair follicles, uh, the hair can, can never grow again. So um, that's a, a basic, um, uh, overview of the two major kinds. But within that, there are, you know, maybe 20 kinds of uh, of hair loss that women deal with.
0: So how long have you been dealing with this kind of hair loss?
1: Uh, unfortunately, my entire adult life uh, It started when I was 20. I lost about half my hair when I was 20. And uh, I've been... Uh, I went to a dermatologist and started treatment and I've had uh, several actually quite famous dermatologists uh, Mm -hmm. just because I've lived in major cities where these kinds of people uh, are. Um, And uh, so I've had very good treatment and um, it uh, my kind of uh, scarring alopecia, and by the way, I should say alopecia The word alopecia just means hair loss. Okay. Um, It's not a disease in itself or a condition in itself. It's just a medical term for hair loss. So um, my kind, uh, it, it actually, they say it burns out sometimes, meaning it goes into remission so Ah. mine went into remission for about 13 years and I didn't have to treat it anymore and actually during that time I had hair transplants Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, usually women are not good candidates for hair transplants but uh, since uh, I had a good amount of hair in the back of my head uh, because you need a donor site it's a little A little gross to talk about, but uh, um, they take it from the back and they put it in the front, basically. So Mm -hmm. uh, I had that done. And that's probably why I have as much hair as I do now. About five years ago, it came back. Mm. So I had to start treating it again. And I've had further shedding and my hair has gotten thinner. Also, I'm older now. Uh, like I said I'm 63 so as you get older uh, hair loss is more common and I should say that hair loss is um, a much more common uh, occurrence among women of all ages than we think. We always think of men with hair loss, but um, women, uh, about 50% of all women will have hair loss at some point in their lives. There are even children who have hair loss, um, And then once you hit 65 or so, um, the uh, rate goes up to 65%. uh, So, uh, because aging plays a role.
0: Yeah, well, that's why I asked how long you had been dealing with it, because I know sometimes you want to associate it with as you're getting older. And yes, it does happen. But just in case anyone's listening who may have a daughter, granddaughter, or maybe even younger, who could get something out of this and say, okay, well, it doesn't just happen in midlife. So that's really why, yeah.
1: I was just 20. And I, yeah. I know people younger who, um, and and any kind of hair loss is abnormal. If, yeah. it's, if it's, you know, going on for any period of time, I mean, a month or more, um, it's it's not normal and should be looked into with a dermatologist
0: well i was going to ask you what is the difference between hair loss and hair shedding
1: you know it's it's really two it's semantics it's two different ways of of saying the same thing i mean if you're losing your hair you are shedding your hair Mm
0: -hmm. so uh
1: it's really the same thing it's just that shedding sounds a little less uh you know less scary than uh, hair loss
0: (laughs) well then that brings brings up another question what about hair thinning because you hear hair loss hair shedding and hair thinning how does that (laughs) how does it differ does hair
1: thinning differ in that too it's again the same thing as you lose your hair your hair becomes more thin so it's hair thinning, hair shedding, hair loss. It's just that the word loss uh, is triggering for some people. So they they say other things. It's all the same thing.
0: Well, part of what you do with hair loss heroines is helping women feel more confident during yes. this. How do you do that? And especially like you said, the the word between hair loss, hair shedding, hair thinning, I mean, all of those things can, like you said, it's semantics, but sometimes people feel better maybe saying my hair is thinning versus I'm losing my hair. But how do you help women feel more confident during this time?
1: Well, you know, uh, you have to really work on your confidence because I can tell you from my own experience, um, losing your hair, whether it's thinning or shedding or whatever, uh, if it gets to the point where you notice it, where, you know, clumps of hair are coming out or like I noticed it uh, because I could see that my hair was thin um, and I I knew that wasn't normal. Um, Uh, And usually by the time you can notice that your hair is thin, you've lost at least half of your hair. Um, Um. It takes that much to be able to see it with the naked eye. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, it was devastating. Uh, You know, we we think of our hair as women, you know, there's all these messages we get from society. Your hair is your crown and glory. It's what makes you feminine. It's what makes you sexy and desirable. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's extremely, it's, it's in the media, in every message you hear, it's uh, said set, uh, set up as, as so important to a woman's identity. So, um, uh i cried and cried i didn't want to leave the house for weeks um it's it really um it shakes you it, sh- it shakes your idea of yourself your idea of yourself as a woman um and like you said you you just lose confidence in yourself uh and you start obsessing about it and it becomes that uh really all you think about is your hair loss. And that's when you look in the mirror, that's all you see. Yeah, You no longer see yourself. Um, so there's, there's a number of things that I do with women. Uh, first is I, I try to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, little allergies. No
0: problem. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I give them a, a daily ritual to go through. Which is meant to calm and center them. Uh, it's a combination of mindfulness. Some people call it meditation. Uh, gratitude, writing down the things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and affirmations. So, you know, things, uh, you know, I am a strong woman.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I am much more than my hair. Uh, and visualizations can come with that, such as seeing, you know, imagining light coming out of your, your hair, um, you know, around you like a, like a crown, um, mm-hmm. you know, positive, positive things. Then uh, I, we work on all of the, the countering all of the things that we hear uh, said either from the uh, media or from other people uh the media i just talked about um, other people who uh, are not experiencing hair loss uh can say things that are really not helpful they they are trying to be helpful in most cases i think mm-hmm. but um for example people might say to you well at least it's not cancer um oh my which goodness. Of, of course is is not an empathetic thing to say because of course cancer is terrible and you wouldn't want to have cancer i mean of course i'd rather have hair loss than cancer but it's it's negating you know it's it's not acknowledging that for you it's very 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 upsetting and Mm -hmm. very serious Mm -hmm. um you know people will minimize it you know they'll say oh you know i'm looking at you it's really not that bad you know, yeah. I mean, to you, it's a catastrophe. Um, exactly. But, but to them, it's not that bad. And you're not really at that point in a, a mood or a, a, a place to um, to believe them. I mean, it may not be that bad. But saying that is not what you need when it's yeah. first happening. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and so not all families or partners or friends uh, know how to be supportive during uh, this time because they're not familiar with uh, with this and they kind of don't know what to do so you know we talk about that and we talk about helping the people around you to understand What you're going through, so you can be more confident. Probably the major thing I do is that we we do exercises and we talk a lot uh, about um, that you are not your hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are so much more than your hair. Um, I ask them to write a list of twenty things about themselves that have nothing to do with their hair, but that they think are. are nice, uh, aspects of who they are, uh, you know, that they're, they're strong, they're intelligent, they're talented, they're artistic, you know, they have beautiful skin, they have
0: mm-hmm. beautiful
1: hands, um, they work out and they have a nice body, you know, it, it just can go on and on. And so they realize that their hair is only one part of who they are, uh, and it's, it's you know, compared to all the other things that they are, it, it starts to take on, um, with enough repetition, it takes on uh, less importance as we go through the eight week course. Um, you know, repetition is very helpful. So the more you uh, really you know, at first you might have to force yourself to say, "Well, I'm not my hair," but my hair is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the more you do it, you start to realize that you really, you know, your hair is is just a small part of who you are. So, um, and that's a, a real—that's um, the main way that people get their confidence back. Is and that's not minimizing how difficult. It is, but Mm -hmm. it is a fact that you are many things and your hair is only one of them.
0: Yes. So let me ask you, how do you feel about products like Rogaine and Nutrafol? I think that's what it is, Nutrafol. How are they not an answer, but are they options?
1: I have to put them in two different categories. Uh, mm-hmm. Rogaine is uh, minoxidil. That's the uh, product. That's the the, um, the 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 drug. That's uh, the medication that's in it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, it's been around for about 50 years. Uh, It used to be a blood pressure medication uh, until they uh, realized that people who were using it started sprouting hair on their uh, faces and their chest and their back, and they realized that it grew hair. Um, So if you only put it on your scalp, it would grow hair only on your scalp. And it does work. It doesn't work for absolutely everyone, but it works for many, many people. Uh, It uh, certainly uh, helps keep the hair you have. And for some reason, for some people, it helps regrow your hair. Mm. So uh, minoxidil is kind of the gold standard treatment. Uh, Most people who have hair loss um, are. That scared me. (laughs) It's an amber alert. Oh, I see. Yeah, I get those yeah. on my phone,
0: too. <laughs> and of all the
1: times to do an
0: emergency alert system testing. Yeah, oh,
1: wow. you can't uh, can't choose it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so, uh,
1: so uh, yeah, it's gold standard um, treatment. It's, you know, almost everybody uses it. Uh, a let neutral, me ask real,
0: yes, Let yes. me ask real quick before you go to the next one. Is it something you have to continue using, like you can't really stop using it?
1: Yes. Oh, gosh. You're getting an um, error. That's all right. It'll stop. So, yes, it is something, unfortunately, uh, pretty much anything that you're going to use to for your hair loss is going to be something that you're going to have to continue using, mm-hmm. um, which is true of most medications. I mean, if you have uh, atrial fibrillation, in your heart um if you stop taking the medication for it it's going to start up again so uh medications generally have to be used consistently and long term so um when you first start using rogaine there is some uh shedding that Mm -hmm. happens but it stops and, uh, and then, yes, you have to uh, apply it to your scalp. Um, there's now, uh, they have uh, done some studies and recently found that uh, if you take it as a, a tablet, uh, usually, it's uh, 1.5 or 2.5 milligrams, a uh, little white tablet, uh, and you take it every day. That that may work better than the foam or liquid that you apply topically. Now, mm-hmm. I do both um, because I want to get the most uh, bang for my buck, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some people hate having to put it on every night. Um, the, the Rogaine, it's usually 5%, um, concentration and you use it every night. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, for those people, you can now take it by mouth. That's, uh, within the past uh, two years, I'd say that they've started doing that. So Mm -hmm. then you asked me about Nutrafol. Mm -hmm. There are many, 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 I mean, thousands of products out there that claim to grow hair mm. uh Neutrafol and another one called viviscal um, mm-hmm. have just enough uh proof that they have they've done clinical trials that that they themselves have done which okay. makes them questionable mm-hmm. when because you it's you know When you're You're doing your own own stuff, of course, you know, say it works, Uh, so it's not objective. Uh, And they use a very small sample; they use like 42 people, which isn't enough to be able to say clinically this works to regrow hair. It's just enough that they have become very popular, and uh, it's very expensive. It's about ninety dollars for a month. Uh, Oh, wow. And um, uh, some dermatologists actually sell it. There are dermatologists who are uh, very interested in making money on products. Mm -hmm. And there are others that really don't care to do that because they don't feel that the product really works. My opinion, uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm a medical researcher, but I know how to read clinical trials. Uh, and if you look, uh, on the TV commercials, there's all this fine print at the bottom that says, you know, this is not cleared by the FDA, you know, okay. results may vary. In other words, it's not very reliable. Okay. So, uh, so now that whole category of products, uh, I put in the category of snake oil. Okay. You know, back in back in the eighteen hundreds, maybe before <laughs> that, there were these traveling salesmen who uh, who had little vials of oil, and <laughs> they would say, you know, this can, you know, cure tuberculosis, and you know, yeah. give you better skin, and it'll make your hair regrow. Um, Mm. and people would buy it from them and they'd put it on and of course it it didn't do anything it was probably olive oil or something like that (laughs) so uh, those people became known as snake oil salesmen Uh and uh, there are still many many people who sell all kinds of oils Um, and all kinds of products and who will recommend, you know, all kinds of vitamins and supplements and things like that. You know, you should take collagen, things like that. That, That's going to be my next question,
0: the vitamins. Yeah. Is is that like a thing or?
1: It's only a thing if, um, when you go to a dermatologist, the dermatologist will do blood tests and -hmm. they'll do them probably yearly um and uh they're looking for deficiencies in mm-hmm. certain vitamins like they'll always check for uh, iron and zinc and vitamin D um and uh i think they check for biotin um and uh if they find that you have a deficiency that your levels are too low then they will um, prescribe Uh, a certain amount for you to start taking to get those levels back up to normal levels. If you Mm -hmm. don't have a deficiency, there is no reason to take anything other than like i take a multivitamin every day just because Mm -hmm. you know if there's any little deficiencies or something it's it's also for older people it's it's supposed to help uh, prevent alzheimer's disease so i just take a multivitamin and you know that's meant for women over 50 but Mm -hmm. uh taking um Biotin, for example, everybody talks about that for skin and hair and nails. Um, We get plenty of biotin in uh, if you have a normal diet. Uh, not even a great diet, just a normal diet, you're getting plenty of biotin. So you don't need to supplement that. And Mm -hmm. collagen, um, it's not like if you take collagen, it goes directly to your hair. It gets metabolized in Mm -hmm. your um, digestive system. And a little bit, it's kind of protein and a little bit goes all over the place. And there's nothing that has shown that it particularly helps uh, hair or skin, Mm -hmm. or nails. So, Mm. um, yeah, so the only reason um, you really need to depend on the dermatologist, you know, the dermatologist knows a lot more than I do, a lot more than any of us do, unless we have medical degrees. Um, And uh, they know when it's when you need uh, something. And, you know, if if collagen regrew hair, every dermatologist would would recommend it. The reason that no dermatologist I've ever been to or I've ever read anything from uh, recommends collagen is because it doesn't work. Um, You know, and if any of these, like there's all these shampoos that say that, you know, they help regrow hair. Some of them have a little minoxidil, a little Rogaine Uh, in them. mm -hmm. However, uh, rocaine has to sit on your scalp for a good amount of time. Like I use it at night. So it, it's mm-hmm. at least eight hours that it's sitting on my scalp. Um, when you wash your hair, you wash your hair for a few minutes, and then you rinse it out. Um, yeah. So it's not on your head long enough to do anything. And mm. if it really regrew hair, since it's then running all over your body, Uh, You'd have hair growing on your body. Um because it's that's why with uh Rogaine they tell you after you put it on your hair you have to wash your hands very thoroughly so you don't touch your face or other places because you can get hair starting to grow there so oh, wow. um yeah so you don't want a shampoo with Rogaine going all over your body cuz who knows what's going to happen so there's a lot of myths out there about uh hair loss um there are a lot of false claims um and you know the 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 supplement and um beauty industries are totally unregulated mm-hmm. uh it's not like the fda with food um there's nothing that regulates them like there uh, people say take uh, saw palmetto or ashwagandha um And uh, you can buy three bottles of saw palmetto and there will be three different amounts of saw palmetto in there, if there's any. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's just going to be some sort of powder uh, because there's nothing to regulate it. So you don't know what you're getting. And some Mm. of these things, uh, just because something's natural, doesn't mean that it's uh, better for you than medication. Uh, natural things can interfere with medications that you're taking. Uh, they can also uh, you can have allergic reactions to them and they can cause side effects. They can cause uh, gastritis, you know uh, stomach problems, diarrhea, um, you know uh, other kinds of uh, side effects. So natural does not equal uh, better than medication. Everything that you put in your mouth, uh, or that you put on your skin, uh, can have side effects. Yes. Yeah. So just to yeah. be clear about that. So then let me ask you, cause you mentioned early,
0: earlier about the hair transplants in women, yeah. like, is it, have they changed over the years? Like, are they better than they used to be? Oh, yeah. What is it? What is it about them that maybe they weren't working so well for women?
1: Well, the problem uh, that the reason most women are not good candidates is that they tend to have this thinning all over, including Mm -hmm. the donor area, which is back here. Mm -hmm. Um, For some reason, um, my hair loss has not affected the, uh, the donor area. Okay. Um, so, uh, I was, I usually, because I had a scarring alopecia, um, I wouldn't have been a good candidate, but because it was in remission and I went to, uh, I was in living in Paris at the time. And I went to, uh, a man who was a pioneer Ooh. in, um, creating the hair transplant, um, techniques uh you know he he felt that he could do and it, it would be successful with me and it was successful for 13 years I had almost a, maybe a, a quarter less than what I had when I was a kid uh, yeah. you couldn't tell by looking at me that I had thin hair um so, then so- when
0: you what just asking to piggyback off of that When you said when you were in remission, you were able to have this done. Once you went out of remission, the transplants don't work?
1: No, Uh, because uh, then you'd be, um, the the scalp is so full of inflammation that Mm. it would attack those new follicles and Mm. it would kill them. Okay. So um, uh, now what comes from the back of your head, the reason they use that? is that um you know men who get hair loss and they they they're all bald here but they have like a ring of hair around the hair that's around uh the bottom is um naturally more resistant to the things that cause hair loss so Uh those um probably the reason that i have as much hair as i do is because i have those and they were in my head long enough to be really well anchored uh, so they're no longer um you know, the the inflammation doesn't bother them. But if if you do it while the inflammation is going on, it's probably not going to take. So Mm -hmm. uh, the techniques are much better. They do actually hair by hair transplantation. They take, it sounds gross, but they take a strip of um, scalp Mm -hmm. out of the back. And then they have a technician who, microscopically cuts it into individual hairs or sometimes there's two hairs um and that it really sounds gross they they make a bunch of holes in the places that they want to put it and then they take under a microscope they take the follicle and they stick it in the hole Um, and uh and it's like a plant and it attaches to eventually attaches to the blood supply and it starts to grow. So wow. um, uh, it gives you hair in places where it was really thin and you don't miss it back here if you have enough hair mm-hmm. uh, and they sew the, the, the uh, uh, incision. Uh, very closely so it becomes a very thin line scar it's not like there's Mm a piece where you're missing hair back here if i were to put my hair up you wouldn't notice it so so it's uh, because it's so hair by hair uh nobody has ever said to me that they would imagine that i've had hair transplants
0: even
1: hair stylists it's it's impossible to tell so So um How long did it take, the the process? Well, um, the process itself took about two hours, I'd say. And they put you, it's not anesthesia, but they put you in what they call a twilight state Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're kind of not really (laughs) aware of what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you rest for about an hour and then um, you have to wear a very tight tourniquet. Mm-hmm. because um again to make sure everything stays put and doesn't move and doesn't you know when you're you know rubbing against something yeah. um and then actually um the hairs that were in the follicles that were transplanted fall out because mm. it's a shock to the um to the scalp um that you've you know you've you've put in all these you've made all these yeah. incisions so um but they within about three or four months they start regrowing and then in six to 12 months they grow to a length where you start to see thicker hair so it's mm-hmm. it's a process but mm-hmm. um by when it worked uh boy i was happy <laughs> but it was unfortunately yeah, it, it was it was fantastic. I mean, people said to me, "Wow, your hair looks great," you know. But <laughs> it's not for everybody. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, has to be particularly good situation uh, for a woman. Uh, usually, they say women are not good uh, candidates for mm-hmm. hair transplants. I was an exception, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there you go about hair transplants. It's one of the things that is, you know, a tool that, that yeah. you can use and that for some women may be possible. Something to at least ask about. Exactly.
0: So you mentioned going to, when, going to a dermatologist. Yes. If somebody is suffering from hair loss or shedding, however they see it, and they go to a dermatologist, what are some questions that you would suggest they ask? to kind of get the right answers?
1: Well, um, usually it's the dermatologist who's going to start out asking lots of questions. They're going to mm-hmm. ask them all about their lifestyle. Um, you know, how long have they noticed the shedding? Do they have any other symptoms? Do they have, uh, have they had any, um, anything in particular happen in their lives recently in the past six months, for example, some sort of shock, like a death, or uh, losing your job, or you know, some sort of a, a car accident, some sort of very traumatic uh, event, which causes a tremendous amount of stress because stress is a very very big contributor to hair loss uh if they've lost 20 pounds or more that can also cause hair loss um certain uh they'll ask them if they have any other um, medical conditions because some of those can cause hair loss and they'll ask all the medications you take because some of those can cause hair loss so they're going to ask you a battery of questions um and then they're going to start uh, examining you. They will examine your scalp um, very, very, they'll, they'll take a little, looks like a, a jeweler's loop, uh, but mm-hmm. it's, it's like a little handheld microscope and they'll, they'll put it right on your scalp so they can see the follicles up close. Uh, you know, they'll see, you know, what else is happening on the scalp, are there, sometimes you get pimples sometimes there's the the redness of the inflammation that you can see with the naked eye Um, they will pull on your hair and Mm -hmm. if the hair um, comes out as they're pulling on it like I just pulled on my hair and nothing came out yeah if if the hair comes out that tells them something um Mm -hmm. they may do what's called a punch biopsy if they if they suspect that it might be um one of the uh, diseases of the scalp the only way to tell is to uh, have a little piece of scalp um, mm-hmm. and to look at it under the microscope uh, and uh, to study it and they know mm-hmm. what to look for to see what kind of disease it might be and mm-hmm. um, that's a call it a punch because it's the size of a pencil but it's hollow so they um, just go uh... poop like that and Ah. it takes a a little teeny round sample and they they take one stitch and you're done with it and they do it in the back so it's not noticeable and the stitch closes it up anyway um that's pretty standard they're going to order all kinds of blood tests Mm -hmm. and then they'll get the blood tests back um the um the the things to ask after you've let the doctor do her or his thing um Mm -hmm. is because you know they have a protocol and they they know what they're doing um Mm -hmm. things to ask are um uh can you can you tell anything just from what you've seen so far Mm -hmm. uh they may say i need the results of the biopsy or i need the results of the blood test first uh or they may say it looks like this, you know, this particular thing, but I need the other results to confirm it. Um, You know, uh, you can ask them really, you asking uh, questions really comes after you have a diagnosis. Um, So once you have a diagnosis, then the question is, what is your treatment plan? You know, Mm -hmm. what are you planning on giving me? Uh, Do I have the kind of condition where... um, I mean, all hair loss is progressive if you do nothing about it. So uh, you don't have to ask, uh, is it going to progress? They're going to say to you, I'm going to give you something to to try to help it not progress. Uh Um, And uh, you can ask do I have a chance of regrowing my hair? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they'll say yes or no, or they'll say, well, I'm going to give you this medication, which uh, sometimes helps regrow hair. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to know what the treatment plan is. You can ask uh, how long will it be before I start seeing results? Um, and it's usually, uh, you need to be patient. It's usually three to 12 months before you start seeing results of any kind of treatment. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um. What else can you ask? Uh, you can ask, do I need to, this medication you're giving me, you should always ask, you know, exactly how to take it and write it down so you're sure. Um, mm-hmm. And will I be taking this for the rest of my life? Um, that's a, a question to ask. Will taking it make my my hair shed at first? That's another question you can ask. I actually have a, a little... Um, um, uh, I call it, call it a, a, a bonus that's part of the program that is a checklist of mm-hmm. uh, things that the, uh, the first time you go to the doctor that you should be looking for and questions you should be asking. Um, and, you know, before you leave, make sure, you know, these that these you're sure of these five things. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a checklist for your dermatologist, uh, appointment. Uh, okay. so that's, it's a good question you asked, you know, what kind of questions should we ask the dermatologist?
0: Yeah. So what I know that a lot of times hair thinning, shedding loss can happen in menopause. Yes. What, what are the reasonings behind that? If you can just give us a. Uh,
1: any kind of big hormonal shift. Uh, mm-hmm. qualifies as uh, one of those sort of traumatic or sudden things like losing 20 pounds that can cause hair loss. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a major shift in your, uh, your, your hormonal system. Just as pregnancy is, uh, many, many women uh, lose hair during and after pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Now, it almost always grows back. That's with pregnancy. With menopause, um, it it may not grow back because mm-hmm. uh, estrogen helps to block uh, another uh, kind of hormone, which is the male hormone, um, which is DHT,
0: mm-hmm.
1: dihydrotestosterone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> we all have testosterone. Women have it. Men have it. Um, mm-hmm. But it. Estrogen keeps it from turning into DHT, which uh, has the effect of making your hair fall out. So uh, that's why uh, there's a um, a medication called uh, Propecia, and that's a DHT blocker. So it's mostly given to men because in women of childbearing age, uh, it causes birth defects. Um, but with older women, women who are well past menopause, they, they may give that to you as well. Um, so uh, really, there are only maybe about eight or nine real treatments that have been proven to um to help uh, either uh, stop the progression of hair loss or help you regrow hair. It's a very Mm -hmm. small number because hair loss is very, very complex. Um, They are still, they still don't completely understand when I say they, I mean the medical community and researchers, they don't completely understand why people lose their hair? The mechanism of the follicle and the papilla, which is uh, what connects the follicle to the blood supply under the skin, um, is is extremely complex. You know they, they don't understand like what it is in the brain that sends the signal to the follicle to to make it work. I mean, the follicle even has um, muscle tissue around it and that's uh-huh. why uh when you uh um have the the goosebumps your hair stands on it because there's uh-huh. a muscle that makes the hair go like this so oh, wow. um, yeah it's a very complex mechanism and mm-hmm. so they've been able to find up to this point very very few things that actually have an effect on it um and that's why we also you know part of the program is uh talking about um hair care because the way you take care of your hair can either some of it can make you lose your hair like mm-hmm. um people who get their hair relaxed and colored on the same day it is mm-hmm. too much processing uh it's it's uh it sort of scalds the scalp um mm-hmm. And the ingredients are too harsh uh, or um, people who use hot tools and they get too close to the, like a curling iron, they get too close to the scalp uh, or they're constantly pulling at their hair or they're wearing their hair in a very tight style, like, you know, ballet dancers who always Mm -hmm. have, you know, this very tight bun at the top of their head, Um, the constant pulling can actually pull your follicles out and damage the follicles.
0: And that's, that's, that's a good point because there are a lot of people who wear braids and they're very, very tight. And you can see that the the follicles have come out. Is there any way that the follicles will come back or.
1: Once, uh, if it's been long enough and you've been pulling in a certain place long enough, you get what's called traction alopecia. Uh-huh and uh, that is permanent because you have Mm -hmm. damaged the hair follicles Uh, Mm -hmm. and you will have you know spots wherever you know like wherever the braid was attached you'll have spots that are bald so uh, Mm -hmm. the key is to um, not wear braids all the time wear it for a while then you take a rest you know, do something else with your hair. Let it be natural. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm all for natural hair. I mean, my hair is very curly, and mm-hmm. you know, I let it do its thing. Um, so uh, the more natural you can go the less you're manipulating your hair so we do talk about hair care using very mild products Uh, this old myth about you know women who have long hair you know you have to do a hundred strokes every night to keep it healthy I mean you're you're like pulling on your hair a hundred times every night I mean you're you're gonna you are you are going to you're going to brush cause it out. hair loss yeah exactly so uh, so we talk about that and we also talk about what they call alternative hair which is uh first of all there's camouflage there are products like root products that mm-hmm. you can put on the uh, bald spots i use that sometimes um mm-hmm. and uh it'll cover up the bald spots and make your hair look thicker. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are toppers, um, which is what they used to call a wiglet. It's a, a uh-huh. small wig. It doesn't. It doesn't have a cap. It attaches uh-huh. by clips. So mm-hmm. I have one of those that I wear sometimes and mm-hmm. if I'm feeling a little self-conscious um, mm-hmm. or it's a special occasion um, and it just, it just covers the top, which is where I have the, the most hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are wigs and we have a wig expert. Uh, who herself uh, wears wigs every day because she has uh, very little hair left Um, and she is uh, a guest speaker for one of the weeks of the uh, program and she will uh, we have a whole list of uh, things that she will talk about about uh, you know getting to understand how wigs work because it isn't as simple as it seems Uh, and then she'll take lots of questions Um, so but there's lots of paraphernalia uh, (laughs) to do with wigs Uh, and you know you have to know how to measure your head and get the right Size and there's yeah. different kinds of construction. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, I've
0: never been a wig girl myself, but when I've yeah. tried, there's a whole lot going on with it. They're yeah. just too hot for me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, they they're, they have made them uh, in recent years in a way that, uh, first of all, there's a lot of air going air. through. It. It's not like a solid cap, like a swimming cap. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not quite as hot. Um, and, um, The other thing is that um, they now have uh, what's called a lace front. So Mm -hmm. when you first get it, it, it's all lace. And then uh, you cut it to be very close to your hairline, and it lays down, and Mm -hmm. it looks like the hair is coming out of your scalp. Mm-hmm. it's almost undetectable this mm-hmm. is not your your mom's wig where no, you know no. it was really obvious and there are ways of you know even in a you know a gale force wind it's not gonna come off yeah. your head uh-huh. so um it the, that uh industry has really really improved a lot yeah and you know some women for their confidence um you know, we, we do exercises, look at yourself in the mirror, find, you know, write down, have a pad next to the mirror, write down five nice things that you see about yourself. You know, I have beautiful eyes, I have nice skin, I have mm-hmm. lovely lips, you know, um, to get them to be able to look in the mirror again, because a lot of women can't look in the mirror anymore. For some women to really feel whole again. And not wow. um, self-conscious, they need to wear a topper or a wig, and mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference. Yeah, um, they feel like, oh, I'm back to being myself again. Yeah. So you know, we definitely want to include that, and it's a very, very valid thing. And some women uh, shave their heads, and um, and and then wear wigs every day so uh, that's perfectly fine whatever Mm -hmm. works for you you know that's another thing is that you know nobody can tell you how to feel about this you feel what you feel and you do what you need to do um, to make yourself feel good Um, yeah so uh, you know that's those are the big messages because acceptance and you know feeling um good about yourself uh, you know, a lot of people get depressed um, yeah. and, fe- and lose their self-esteem. And of course, we don't want that. So we want yeah. to build them up and make them realize that this is something, if they have to live with it, it is something you can live with. There are things you can do about it. And um, you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to take the, the crap that uh, sure. that other people are saying to you if it's really not helpful, you know, yeah. the, you know, you can, you're your own person and you do, you do you, you know? Well, Lorianne, this
0: has been a wonderful and enlightening conversation. I thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. How, how, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, find out more about uh, Hair Loss Heroines, how can they go about doing that?
1: Well, there's several ways. Uh, First of all, they can send me an email. It's very simple. Hair Loss heroines. Uh, at gmail.com or mm-hmm. they can go to my website, uh, which is hair loss or they can go to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash hair loss heroines. Okay. so um uh all of those work and uh uh just remember heroin is oi not io that's uh, the thing that people love uh, mix up even i do that when i text it. so,
0: it's with an s and it's with an s right not uh, heroin. yes
1: heroin's plural yes, yes. because it. it's for everybody who mm-hmm. who does mm-hmm. this. and i i consider that you know anybody who's willing to face this very difficult challenge in their life is a heroine because it's absolutely tough. it's it's really tough um in many 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 ways yeah. and uh to have the strength to really face it is uh heroic it's means absolutely. you're a really strong woman
0: absolutely well thank you Anne, for being a guest here on mature lord thank you and- so much it was a pleasure It really was. And I will talk
1: to you later. All right. Take
0: care. You're listening to the Mature Allure Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry O. If you have a topic in mind that you'd like us to cover on Mature Allure, drop us a note in the comments or share it with us on one of our social media channels. Until the next time, remember, self-love is the key to unlocking the radiant allure that shines from within.